0: Hey there, we are live on the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. I'm Matthew Arkin, that's my brother, Anthony Arkin, or Tony Arkin, as some people call him. And today we are talking about 1975's Hard Times, starring Charles Bronson, James Coburn, Jill Ireland, Strother Martin, a bunch of other people with Southern accents, one person with a Chicago accent. It's a crazy story about a street fighter in the Depression trying to make a little money. He beats people up, he gets dollars. And we're going to talk about it.
1: Talking about cocktails that are stylish. Movies, great or phony. And how Tony should win the Matthew. And Matthew Matthew. should win the Tony. But in the meantime. Talking about film. In the meantime. The Arkin Brothers talk about movies.
0: What was that? No, just a silent bit from the movie. No, no yeah, just a little,
2: a little shade thrown, a little contempt.
0: Some looks. Boy, I'm so excited about this show. I'm just, I'm feeling punch drunk. Just, you know,
2: uh, get it out of your system. I
0: gotta keep going. I don't know. (laughs)
2: Hey, listen, I think I can do about six more of those. No, yeah, yeah, keep them coming.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I thought that, I thought that pun had a nice ring to it oh my goodness another boxing reference i'm Um, feeling
2: a little slap happy myself oh
0: my goodness and and boxing you know made me think of christmas which i you know i gotta Mm -hmm. say this is an epic fail on our part that we pick hard times as a christmas movie
2: i disagree with you pretty heartily christmas
0: movie really yeah because the holidays make you want to punch people
2: um no i was well we'll talk but i was really i think this is a i think this is a reflection on the uh christ mythology i think he is a christ figure in the movie and um there's a lot of things that point to that so i was actually surprised and thought it was kind of a christmas movie
0: oh okay wow so we're gonna go you're you've already gone so much deeper than i have i'm i'm ready <laughs> to wrap up the show i'm ready
2: Save to wrap the smoothie to- over there
0: <laughs> i'm ready to wrap up the okay show right well now. we
2: can get to that later we'll start you know duking it out later but that's you know i i think it, i think you might be surprised that it might have some christmas vibes on it but yeah nevertheless at first i certainly wasn't anticipating um doing a christmas show with a charlie bronson movie that that wasn't how i thought it would go
0: no charles Buczynski and and christmas don't seem to go hand in hand not really no uh, but you know, before we get to the movie, uh, well, I'd ask you how you're doing, but I spent the past week with you.
2: Yeah. You know, you know exactly how you'd know better than me actually how I'm doing.
0: Oh, wow. Look at that.
2: Yeah. I got into shape since I've seen you. Um, yeah,
0: you did it fast.
2: I, um, I have some techniques I don't I'll share that- with you.
0: I don't look quite as cut as that, but you know, I have lost over 20 pounds in the past two months. So I do.
2: Well, we do. went to a lot of dinners when I was out there. So this was you right before I got to LA
3: right
0: before. Yeah. Right. Um, I used
3: to have the best street fight in the city. Now I don't,
0: I don't like that at all.
2: Yeah, it's true. That's how, that's how our producers talk to us. <laughs>
0: yeah. We used to have the best show in town. Yeah. Now yeah. we don't. What are you guys doing? It what are you doing? Let's get started. Same. Let's get started. It's Terrible. Um, you know, I did come up with a drink for today's movie, though.
2: Um, I'm I'm not surprised. I thought you might.
0: Of course, I did.
2: You know, this what is it the is? right in the pocket for a, a named drink. What? Yeah. It's a punch.
3: Third refill costs a nickel.
2: There you go.
0: Yeah, you make a and because this is a Christmas movie according to you, it would be a, a holiday punch that you could make in 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 a big bowl for a party with a bottle of batch 22, two bottles of prosecco or some other sparkling asti, champagne type thing, add some okay. flavored syrup or some juices, uh, float
2: some citrus slices,
0: slices in there and you got a nice holiday punch.
2: It sounds anyway. delicious.
0: It would be delicious and it's a punch so it goes with the movie what can i tell you
2: um so you i think you've told me everything that you need to say yeah except uh, i mean i'm you know i so a punch yeah i like i really like that i was expecting more of like a a sidecar or a like a, you know like a, a grittier thing but you're right i mean it, it really is it's perfect yeah. i
0: felt it. that i felt that one
2: um, um any new business since i've seen you
0: any new business since you've seen me yeah um no no new business um our our 50 milliliter bottles are i think on the side of a road in a snowstorm in iowa right now the good news yeah is ah, it's boy. alcohol so it won't freeze
2: yeah i'm hearing you know a lot of people have got some uh, weather problems right now that's yeah. uh that's really rough right now like i'm i don't know what the last report was but l- a lot of people without power currently
0: yeah and i'm i'm concerned because a uh, friend of the show fan of the show sometimes star of the show abby arkin uh, is supposed to fly out here on sunday evening yeah uh, late sunday evening Uh, the weather looks like it's going to be okay in New York and it's certainly going to be okay on the West coast. So I'm hoping she can just fly over all that crap and and get here.
2: Well, likely. I I don't know. I think the worst of it's the next day or so. So like this weekend's going to be tough. Um, maybe by then you'll, you'll be good. I I have a flight too, that I'm, I'm kind of keeping an eye on, but I think, I think it'll be over. uh, Not good. By the time we gotta, we're going to do it. Okay. Um,
0: um, so, uh, should we get into the movie here? Yeah, sure. Enough holiday cheer. Okay, well, I got to say. It's
2: 5 a.m.
0: This movie came from uh, a good buddy of mine and a partner in my business, Mark Morosi, who's the one who kept suggesting that we, we watch this movie because it's one of his favorite movies. And uh, Oh, really? Know, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know. Uh, he might actually be watching the show right now. I don't know if he is or not. Um, If
3: this is is a private gathering, I don't believe you gentlemen were
0: invited. Oh, yes, it is a private gathering, but we could invite him at some point if we wanted to spontaneously and just say, hey, dude, I'm
2: a I'm a big fan of Marx and and I would be very interested to hear his take on things.
0: You owe me money. Maybe he'll he'll post a comment or text me and say, yes, please put me on the show or maybe not actually watching now. Maybe he's going to watch. Watch it uh, in the in the replay.
1: God damn.
0: have to wait and see.
2: If you're out there, Mark, if come you're to out our there rescue.
0: and you're listening, just pipe in, text me or or uh, or comment, and uh, we'll send you a link and and bring you onto the show.
1: Well, the way I look at it, you owe me.
3: We used my bankroll to begin with, my money, my
2: contact. You were a bum when I met you, and you're nothing without me. Yeah, I figure you owe me. Dumb. You say no to me. Oh, wow.
0: That conversation there could have been, word for word, a conversation between me and Mark, uh, who who (laughs) is ready to come on the show.
2: Because, you know, our
0: our business, he, he mostly has bankrolled it to get it going at the beginning. Um, so it's a um, pretty
2: important part of the yeah. process and, and, and you know, I can see some similarities to your world right now. And this movie actually, as you're talking.
0: Yeah. And I, I was a bum, uh, when he met me. So,
2: and maybe I like everything like, else in this world it take money to make
0: money. Him, the link right now. So he's going to pop up in the, uh, he's going to pop up in our, in our, uh, stream pretty soon. And he can, uh, he can tell us why he, uh, why he's so into this movie, and then you guys can have an erudite chat about it, and I'll sit on the sidelines and uh, and watch.
2: You're not getting out that easy.
0: <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna quiz me. <laughs> you're gonna quiz me and make me talk about it, aren't you? I,
2: I, I'm I'm gonna expect that you at least have enough to say about it to indicate that you've seen it.
0: I, I oh I saw it. I saw it and and, and enjoyed it. Um, It's a a guy comes to town. He doesn't talk a lot. He has a lot of fights and he leaves town. It's my kind of, (laughs) you think there's more to it than that?
2: Wow. (laughs) I think there's more to every movie than that that's ever been made. I think there's more to Mac and me than what you described. (laughs) And, I, and what I find interesting is that this is actually your kind of movie, and yet to this morning you're treating it with contempt. I don't even no. know why. I think it's because Mark's coming on the show.
0: Yeah. No, there was there there. I I I really enjoyed the movie. There were a lot of thoughts that I had about it, and I may share some of them. Okay. Um, it it, it it's it, I found it a uh, a neo noir western, kind of. You know the stranger who comes to town and we don't know anything about him
2: yeah it's the man with no name i mean it's it's the, it's a classic it's the he's a gunfighter he's um
0: the man with night, no name a
2: knight errant you know yeah. um or a wandering christ figure
0: yeah uh yeah okay um i don't know what, I, oh! yeah. I don't know about that i i didn't see christ beat people up all the time it's not
2: how i you didn't see him do anything you've been staunchly born in the very late part of the 20th century (laughs) really put the jesse james to me
0: oh somebody's coming on i think he went to comb his hair How about now
1: i'd be deciding whether to bust your legs or your back
0: and, and and before we bring before we, oh there he is it's Mark. George Clooney, it's George Clooney.
2: what's up that. George how are you I'm going
3: to get sued I'm going <laughs> to get sued
2: you can't, it doesn't matter what you do you're always going to smell like fish
0: <laughs> you're, you're not going to get sued you can't get sued for how you look
1: Merry
3: Christmas Happy, Merry holiday.
0: Christmas. Happy <laughs> Holidays Happy Holidays <laughs> Happy Hanukkah and all of that. How are you?
3: Well, I can't believe you didn't love this movie from the opening scene. You've talked, like, how many times have you talked about being able to eat all the oysters you want?
0: Oh, no. I did love the, no, the oysters. I have a lot to say about the oysters, actually. I picked up on the oysters, believe me. I mean, I I watched this movie. I really did enjoy it. I mean, shucks. It was a a good film.
3: See what I did there? I did. It was yeah. just brilliant. It's fantastic. I, I love this movie. This is, this is everything that made made the '70s movies so fantastic. Is that there were things that were just off. That just aren't like corporate. Corporate people weren't figuring out how to market anything. This was just, it was weird and wonderful. I love this
1: movie.
2: I'm with you, Mark. I, you know, I full disclosure, never saw it before. Um, I, I thought it was a prison movie, I guess, which I don't really enjoy. That's not my, that's not my favorite go-to for entertainment. So I guess I, I kind of avoided it because I thought it was a a prison fighting movie. And I, I, I I just don't really want to be there. So I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't. And then kicked myself for an hour and 40 minutes because I, I should have seen this ages ago because i loved it i thought it was fantastic and i think it's it's uh, for me it could be i think it it might be bronson's best moment like for real and i think that it one of coburn's best moments and certainly struther martin's top moment and I think the script is fantastic. I, I thought it was lean and mean, and I, I loved it. And, I, and, and I, I'm, I although, yeah, it's a 70s movie um, in, the, in the sense that it could never get made now. Like, it could only have been made that decade. It also really uh, is, I thought, pretty beautifully done in terms of recreation of the 30s. Yep. Um, it had more in common with Chinatown in terms of how it looked than a lot of movies made in the '70s about the '30s, which always kind of look like the '70s, to me. But this movie felt like a little bit like a trip back, you know. Plenty more where that came from. Um, I was so surprised. I was so surprised how with it I was from from Jump. I, I really was, uh, and it's also shot by a guy I really dig. Uh, this guy, um, Lathrop. Harris, La- what's his name? I, I should have written this down in my stupor this morning, but he shot the movie Earthquake, which we also loved. Um,
0: well, well, watch how you use that word, earthquake. No, um, um love. Yeah, you watch how you use that that. Oh,
2: word. or maybe it's the word we that you were that you want me to watch that I loved. Sorry. Mark, how how did you first see this?
3: Um. So my dad was a lot older, obviously, than me, because he was my dad. But my dad was born in 22. And so I used to, like, sit in his lap and watch movies with him when I was little. And when did this come out? Do, do you know? 75.
2: 75.
3: So I saw this when I was nine years old, sitting in my dad's lap. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Um, he would he would take me to movies like this, and that explains a lot about
2: you, you know. and I have a lot in common actually, Mark. I didn't realize. My dad took me to like, you know, The Hunter, Steve McQueen's last movie, which is brutal. And remember The Gauntlet with Clint Eastwood?
3: Oh, absolutely!
2: I saw that in the theater. Oh yeah, as a child, and that's not that's crazy. Yeah, my dad and I used to go to like tough guy movies all the time, and um. The I gauntlet- wish I'd seen gauntlet- this with him.
3: The Gauntlet's another one of the movies like this one where they don't make any sense. They never get made today. The weird parts about it work, but so I, uh, my dad took me to movies like this, and this is uh, this was the one that stuck with me from that whole time. And Rollerball, those were
0: the two that. Uh, okay. Nine nine years old was a very good year.
2: Matthew, okay. are are you upset now?
0: I'm not upset. I just want to talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs> hey,
3: listen, I think I can do about six more of those.
2: Mark can you can you see a little bit of like a weird Jesus figure thing here you you, you come on you got to you got you've seen it before yeah
3: yeah you know yeah. he's the
2: he's he silently kind of comes into town like i mean it, it it's it's a little bit like jesus meets kung fu you know but he has a mystery about him you know he's gentle he's got a gentle soul um
3: he's got a he's got a code of ethics that isn't anybody has- right got he's it. got a
2: he's got a cat um he he you know there i just kept on getting like strong like the two thieves on either side of him and his sacrifice at the end is completely like out of character but it's it's very christ-like in how he shows up for coburn and then Gives all the this money away at the at, at opportune moments in the film, and the way he his girlfriend is this prostitute, but you don't really even know if they're just friends or what's going on there. You no, know,
3: it's five a.m.
2: Um, and then, in the cri- crucial moment, there's a poster of Jesus behind him, blessing one of his friends. So I. I
3: I didn't know really? I was going to be doing this. I didn't know you were going to be doing this. Where is oh. where, where is this in the movie? I don't remember this. In his apartment.
2: When Struther Martin uh, comes to say, will you, sa- will you help save Coburn, who has been kidnapped and is being held by the bed. Ba- we're giving certain plot points away, but trust me, there is very little plot here. It's guy comes to town, starts city fighting, gets in trouble with some gangsters and his partners, and then... There's a thing
1: that happens. Things have a way of coming around.
3: I I also love any movie where I genuinely feel like these people are living before and after the movie takes place. Like yeah. they and they brought that whole history for all the characters to it. True. And, and it's like, and I want I want to see what happens after they go feed the cat at the end. It's like me it's, too. Yeah,
2: I want a whole series of of that of just them. Yep. Um. You know, Strother Martin, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of, and and to see him get such a I mean, even for him, this is a crazy character. This Edgar Allan Poe guy who's a opium addict and this watery-eyed, like just it's like he's a love child of some of, of like Aleister Crowley and um and James Coburn himself. It's so I don't know, Matthew. I, I I love this movie. I was I'm surprised you I'm surprised you didn't that you're not more enthusiastic, honestly, because it seemed like I was watching it going, oh, I I bet I bet Matt's gonna really dig the streamlined tough guy man with no name thing and get on board with it.
0: It it came real cl- it came really close for me. Okay. Uh, what was missing for me was and I I didn't, I didn't need this, these, this question answered completely, but I wanted a hint of what his mission is and why he's doing what he's doing. I, you know, I didn't see, I didn't see him coming into town. And even if I don't know anything about him, a sense of him writing a wrong that he wants to write, even if it's just because he sees it. I mean, he's very much, he's like a Jack Reacher character, but yeah. but Jack Reacher is doing what he's doing because he sees something that needs to be done. And and this character, I felt like he's fighting for money because he needs it and then he gives it away and we don't have any sense of, of, of why, uh, any why.
1: So, well, man, it came to town to make some money.
3: You're giving a lot of the way. I never thought he was fighting for the money. <laughs> that, so so that, it's well, like he,
0: he is in the sense that he has only six dollars in his pocket. He has to get some money at the beginning to eat.
3: Yeah, but, um, but I don't.
0: But I don't think he's fighting probably... to get rich. But he is. It's like oh, I can do this to make some money to get to my next stop. But I didn't get any sense of, you know, in, in Jack Reacher in um even in in the Mike hammer in um in high plains drifter there's a sense of of a reason even if we don't know what it is a reason he's doing what what he's doing and in this i felt like it was completely um uh completely uh, invisible so that left me unsatisfied
3: Right about now, I'd be deciding
2: whether to bust your legs or your back. So you, so you really must love your Jimbo, a lot, then. My Jimbo. And you also really must be a fan of, like, you know, a, a, a fistful of dollars, and once, you know, like the Sergio Leone movies too. Those must be your favorite movies.
0: No, I do. I do love those.
2: Do you? Well, I, why? Because there's absolutely no character basis for Yojimbo whatsoever. We don't know anything about this guy at all. So.
0: Except, except I feel like in, you know, in, in fistful of dollars in, in, in all of those there, there's a, there's a, a code that is revealed about the character through the course of the movie and the actions they take, and I didn't quite understand his his code. He tells us his code, and then he goes against it. His code is, "I don't owe you anything." I'm you not. Know, I'm not you know,
3: gonna... I, I had I had this acting teacher once because I could be naive when reading a script. Yeah, who said it's really not always what they say. They might, you know, have some kind of subtext that, you know, where their actions are revealing what's going on. I remember this from this teacher I had who would give me a bad time about just, you know, playing all the words and not realizing there could be subtext. I can't remember, I can't remember who he was. I thought he was good at the time, but um, I just remember something about this.
0: If, um, if he was so good, why did he get out of the business and start running a booze company?
3: Because <laughs> uh, there's fun and then there's fun
0: you listened to that guy
3: i did listen to that guy what what what's the the matter with you uh here
2: here i i think i can like start splitting a hair here with you matthew because there's a part of the movie that, that does bug me a little bit and i think it was just isn't really really that good and that unfortunately is the is the love interest part of the movie i feel it lacks depth and I think it's Bronson's worst work in the movie with his wife, which is strange, or maybe not strange. And uh, she seems a little aloof and not quite. I don't know. It. Those are the scenes that didn't really, really resonate for me. I don't think they're terrible, but I think that there's the storytelling is so lean that I, I, you know, there could have been more there. I, I, I think, but. I, I also kind of like it because the fact that nothing stated is such a pointed part of the script. I mean, it's almost to me kind of fun that we have to pack in so much mythology ourselves to this because it's just this archetypal experience, right? We really don't know anything about them, but um, we're inferring from so many of these like simple moments and details. And I think that, you know, Walter Hill's a really good writer and I really appreciated him trying to boil this experience down to the most, to the simplest possible elements so that it would sell, you know, as like kind of a, like, I'm sure, I'm sure this must've done great on the circuit, like in grindhouse theaters and in, and in, um, you know, uh, outdoor venues and stuff. I mean, this movie must've killed. I know it made money, but I, do you remember Mark, if it was a huge hit? I don't think
0: it was i'm just to no. you pay your debts Uh huh. <laughs>
2: um, i mean I got- you know walter hill and our producers are helping us out here a little bit too but like walter hill apparently clashed with charlie bronson because he wasn't crazy about jill ireland and was trying to make it better and bronson kind of I think uh, took that, the you know, poorly. And there was friction apparently between them at the beginning. But like during the shoot, it was all Coburn. There, were, there was friction with Coburn, which I thought was interesting.
3: I think it's safe to say that this was not a hit at all because at the time, uh, Bronson was one of the biggest stars in the world. And so they must have been expecting more than a cumulative all-time domestic box office of $5 million. Um, Third
1: th- refill cost a nickel.
3: Or five million um, yeah one million
1: nickel hey old man I'm gonna end it for you
3: just keep smiling big Jim while you still got some lips when I get done with him I'm coming after you big shot
2: that was my favorite line keep keep smiling while you still got some lips
0: <laughs> my favorite line was I don't I, I don't need no sales pitch I just came to get my hat blocked
2: great great stuff mark are you a fan of other walter hill projects or is this a loan? no no no. i am um
3: i am trying to i'm trying to figure um
0: well
3: my favorite uh my favorite line was when he says to um to her dumb i can't remember the context anymore um because you guys saw it recently when does he say to her dumb i just remember well the way i look at it you owe me we used my bankroll to begin with, my money, my contact. You were a bum when I met you, and you're nothing without me. Yeah, I figure you owe me. Dumb.
2: You say you know to me. Dumb. Um,
3: was he? Was Hill? will also did the Warriors, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and he
2: and he wrote the Getaway. Uh, yep. For Peck and Paw. and. And he's done a lot of. I mean, he's an incredible guy. He's an amazing action director, writer, wonderful screenwriter, I think, in the genre. I mean, he kind of has a John Millius vibe about him. You know, he likes the he likes the tough guys and the violence. I don't know if he really writes great women characters at all, but but um,
1: you know, it's
3: five a.m.
2: Um, I you know i'm sorry that we're not that Matthew and i aren't more enthused you seem a little bit upset i i hope i hope you're not upset
0: i'm not i'm 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 not upset i i didn't i didn't not like the movie uh, you know i enjoyed it it just didn't knock me <laughs> it didn't knock, you knock out. me yeah. Whoa. <laughs> that, That scene took apparently a week to shoot, and they had real oysters in there stinking up the place, and they sprayed disinfectant to try and make the smell better, and it made the smell worse, and I can't imagine a week standing around watching those guys beat each other up like that in a smelly warehouse. That must have been brutal.
3: Alexis is brilliant. I'm looking at her posts on the side about what Walter Hill was doing. Hi, Alexis.
0: Um, We'll we'll read it, Mark. Walter
3: Walter Hill thought the project could become more upmarket if you made it more like a Western and set it in the past. Lawrence Gordon was from New Orleans and suggested setting it in that city. Hill said the script incorporated elements of an early Western he had written, Lloyd Williams and his brother. He wrote it in a style inspired by Alex Jacobs, extremely spare, almost tycoon style both stage directions and dialogue.
0: Now that part I liked. I did like how incredibly spare it was. Um, See, more than Jesus, I thought of the, you know, you jokingly said this about the oysters. I actually really thought the oysters were a recurring theme and symbol in the movie. And this idea of something, because we keep seeing these, these piles of oyster shells, these things that are, wonderful delicious they may have something valuable inside them and the meat is taken out of them and they're discarded and become garbage and that to me was a potent symbol in the movie you may think i'm crazy
2: i know i think that sounds uh that sounds that's a good observation yeah you owe me money i mean you know i thought it was a beautiful, you know, you you know, talk about a great movie shot on location, this is a really beautiful, gritty portrait of New Orleans, um, from all accounts, shot in really interesting districts that would have been pretty authentic to the time period they were, they were recreating. Um, I thought it was, uh, you know, from for my money, I think it was really one of my favorite evocations of that depression. (laughs) um that depression era time period um it didn't over it didn't romanticize it like a lot of movies do with you know shooting at magic hour and golden light and everybody's fedoras looking perfect i mean this a lot of the costumes you know obviously they're struggling with the budget when you see like crowd scenes because some of the costumes aren't right on the money for the time period like you can see a little 70s in some of the hats and some of the some of the design but all the main characters have a great, you know, a great look to them. You know, Bronson, I don't think has ever looked better. His characters, I mean, my hat wasn't necessarily bought because of Charles Bronson, but now I'll wear it forever in in honor of him. Um, I was surprised it wasn't, it's not more talked about as Walter Hill's first movie. I think as an example of a first directorial effort, it's it's fantastic as a, you know, as that. Oh, fantastic. undoubtedly you know um and he wrote and directed it and um so there's a lot i admired about it although you know i could see that a lot of my love for it you know a lot of my love for it came down for just watching walter hill just just take off and and take off running from his first movie i technically i just love how this movie looks and how it's made and how it's edited think it's just a you know a great example of of um of a period film um where they had to use a lot of create, creative resources to to really pull it off mm-hmm. um what,
0: what did you make of the shot there's a couple of shots that i i want to bring up that i really liked w- what did you what did you make of the shot when uh he shoots up the bar after getting the money back and one hey,
1: <laughs>
0: that the the fact that the very last thing he does is look at himself in the mirror and shoot it shoot his reflection as opposed to shooting the, just shooting the mirror he's very clearly not shooting the mirror he's shooting his reflection
2: yeah, I mean, I God to me that's as complicated as you want to make it. I just want to note that that also is a little, you know, it's a little Jesus-like going in and busting up the moneylenders like the big gambler's place, but he doesn't kill anybody. Little Jesus-like. <clears throat> little but Jesus-like I don't.
0: <laughs> that Jesus wasn't going to get the money for himself and his friends. He was objecting to money. Period. He's going it was,
2: in there. It was a. It was a. It was about a, uh, a point of philosophy, though.
3: He was writing a wrong.
2: Then his code that was that, that's a moral issue. You didn't pay, that's not you know, it's weird. It's a weird thing I think, but there's there's a lot of uh Christmas in this movie. <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, I I like the fact that it's he almost is is the kind of character like after he leaves the screen, you'd almost wonder did any of these things really ever happen? They're a little larger than life, but they could have happened and he leaves no trace of himself with anybody. The money's gone, they have the cat to remember but like yeah. that's not him. And so even in that scene, he kind of is removing all trace of himself um from every you know, you're yeah. going to remember the experience but I'm going to be gone. And that's one of the things I liked about. Then he's going to move on to the next town and you can see he's going to do this again with other people.
0: Yeah. And when he asked Strother Martin to go pick up the cat, he did say, do this in remembrance of me. Yeah. Um, You know, so that was. um...
3: And that is one of the things about the movie I really,
1: really liked.
0: No,
2: he did not say that.
0: I know (laughs) he he didn't say
1: that.
2: But that's the sentiment behind it, though. It really is. And the sense of the sense that. I mean, I, I you really feel that they have a de- new developed sense of morality because of having interacted with him? Because you know they're going to take care of that cat, and it may be because the money's so good they can't dishonor him. But at any rate, they could they could have they could skip town that night. But you know, they're going to take that cat. It's that a new priority here. in
0: life. That cat is going to Miami. There's, so yeah, you okay know,
2: about it. and that's and that's that's. uh, you know, that's a little bit of empathy entering into their hearts for the first time, maybe ever until that point, they've been totally willing to even turn on, on Char, on Bronson to get what they want, you know, and manipulate him to get what they want, but completely different people by the end of the movie. And you even think they may give up a life of crime for a while,
0: you know, (laughs) you know, Um,
2: um,
0: There was another shot that I love is when he's in his apartment right before he leaves, when he's trying to make the decision. And it's the, the high shot from the ceiling through the blades of the fan. Yeah. When he's when he's conflicted over what he's going to do.
2: Um, I mean, Bronson doesn't play conflicted, so the fan had to come in and do it. The
0: fan had to be conflicted,
2: yeah.
0: (laughs) He's all chopped up over what he's going to do.
2: When you read about Bronson and learn that, like most people apparently, uh, well, apparently, a lot of the people that I've read uh, talking about him in interviews talk about the fact that he was just an angry, angry man. Like, for real, all the time, just angry. Like, quiet, sullen. Didn't like to talk to people, didn't want to know you, just always kind of seething, apparently. (laughs) There's the meaning of the movie. That shot is great. That's actually really pointed.
0: And maybe the only hint we have about where he comes
2: from. Yeah, I mean
0: bear in a cage did he just get out of prison
2: yeah that see that to me i what i what i i hear you on on this a little bit matthew like it could have been a little richer but i feel like the whole the whole uh, the whole exercise is to see how little they can explain and and still have you feel something and and maybe they you know uh didn't thread the needle all the time but I admire the attempt, you know, because that that moment really stands out that when he sees that bear in that cage, they, there's no discussion about it. it. It It's really brief, which I also admired from a directorial point of view, like how. How he just cut away from it really fast, like you'd almost miss it. Um, he didn't belabor it, um, Walter Hill, so. That and that, but that image really stuck with me. The way he's looking at that at that trapped bear is um, is really powerful.
0: Um, One thing I really loved about this movie also is that it finally gave um, to me, anyway. Maybe you you knew all of this already, but the Crispin Glover origin story in this movie was was really explained a lot of things to me about the world that I had not previously understood.
2: Um, <clears throat> things came into focus, huh? For you? They for me, became, yes. they became clearer.
0: Yeah. I was yeah. like, Oh, I get it all now. <laughs> and I don't know that we need to say anything else about that.
2: Well, I mean, you know, um, Mr. Glover was also in a, a another great thirties period movie. Uh, what a year, only a scant year before. Right, Chinatown. He's pretty notable in that. Yep. Um, I wonder if Crispin hung out on the set of Chinatown, or if that was that was probably a little, bef- a little before his time.
0: He's a little. Is he? He's younger than we are. How old is Crispin Glover? <clears throat> is that for me or Alexis? For any anybody who wants to tell us, because I don't like typing during the show.
3: I'm I'm typing.
0: Um, 50 he, 58. he's he's 58 now. So he's four years younger than me. So he would have been eleven when this movie was made. He could have well hung out on the set of this and yeah, probably so. I mean, we were hanging out on I I was hanging out on the set of catch 22 at eight and nine years
2: old. So he's um seeing more than they see in this movie. Do, who do you have a favorite uh uh Coburn moment?
0: Do I have a favorite Coburn <laughs> the, moment?
2: Or you or Mark? Yeah. Because I think it's chock full of great Coburn moments, I, right? I
3: haven't seen it. I haven't seen it forever. But what was what was Coburn's last line when they're when they're walking off together? Struthers just feed the cat, but it was like it was some comment about
2: about um, Miami. He's talking about how great Miami is. Um,
3: not. I'll, I'll have to look. At, no, it's when they were talking about him. They they said something about um, the Bronson character. Um,
2: oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do talk about it. They kind of start mythologizing him. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: There's just there's just like this moment of, oh, but that, I can't remember the line because I haven't seen it in 10 years. But
0: interestingly enough, they start mythologizing him in very much the same way that John and Peter start mythologizing Jesus after he's. Born.
1: Things have a way of
2: coming around. I, this isn't untrue, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm trying to, right.
0: I'm, I'm joining in. I'm okay, joining no, in I the, think that, yeah, I mean, I think Christmas. I'm filled with the spirit of Christmas.
2: I'm not saying that it's a Christmas <laughs> movie, but you, <laughs> you know, uh, but it's
0: a Jesus movie.
2: But if yeah. Die Hard's a Christmas movie, this is a Christmas movie.
3: It's a Wonderful yeah. live, Christmas hard, story, and, hard and hard a
0: Hallmark Christmas movie. No,
2: Die Hard only has Christmas references in it. This movie yeah. actually has Christ-like philosophies welded into the structure of the movie that's all right. i'm saying
0: that's why i say that Die Hard structurally is a hallmark movie about christmas
2: i agree yes that's true a guy
0: coming from out of town into the big yeah. city to to make things up with the girl who's got a big job and she's lost herself and and he's gonna rescue her and show her the meaning of of life again and yeah yeah with
3: technology these days we could just put a red cardigan over him throughout the entire die hard movie and just really make it a really lovely
2: you know game. you're right that's a great idea
1: That was oh he sure was something that's
3: the sure one
2: was something looking off looking off into the into the distance like they'd just seen a ufo almost i mean that's heavy
3: Who so that, uh... that was my that was actually my favorite favorite cover movie or, or <clears throat> moment from it it's great yeah. Favorite, great.
0: favorite character or actor in this movie?
2: I'm not, I would like to say my favorite Coburn moment. Thank oh, you okay. for asking me what mine was in reciprocation. I think my favorite was when he actually has the three thousand dollars to give to the big oyster guy. And he's like eating, he's like eating a beignet while he's making the deal. And it's the most like F you moment <laughs> I've I've seen in so long. He's just like chewing this giant piece of like donut. While he's while he's making this deal, it's, I loved it. He seemed, what was funny to me was apparently Coburn had a terrible time making this movie. He was apparently really, um, like, everybody thought Bronson was going to be difficult to work with. It turned out he was easy, just stuck to himself. But apparently Coburn was really bent out of shape that he wasn't the lead. He didn't really want to be working, like, as second fiddle to Charlie Bronson. And uh, he was—he he apparently was hard to work with, which I found so strange because it seemed like he ha- was having the time of his life. His, well,
1: the way I look at it, you owe me.
2: That he was having fun uh, in a lot of different scenes of the movie called Hard Times.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Wow. Bronson was 53 when he, or almost 53. I think that means he was 52 when he shot this.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Usually, be, most yeah. of the people who are almost fifty-three or 53, fifty-two. 53. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I hope I look that good when I'm fifty-two. Oh wait a minute, that ship has sailed. He's have
1: a way of coming around.
2: He looked. Uh, he looked fantastic.
0: He looked pretty good.
2: Apparently, the rumor was he could have taken anybody on the set for real as long as if the match didn't go longer than like 30 seconds
0: because he was such a heavy smoker.
2: Yeah, he had no stamina, but he was incredibly strong.
0: Wow. So, favorite character/actor in the movie?
2: Um I'm uh, for me it's Struther Martin. I'm just fast I I'm a, I'm in love with him and that character. I just didn't I was I thought his work was surprising and I, I loved it.
0: I could have watched Robert Tessier all day long. Okay.
2: I, I could I, have watched Tessier smack other people with his own head all day. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best fighting style I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, and
2: I've never seen it done yeah. so much. He headbutts that guy like eight times in a row. Yeah, side to side like a rhinoceros. It's terrifying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But his smile is just spectacular through the whole And, and he had
3: a weird little he had a weird little giggle at that one time. And then also his looks, when you know he's no longer the top dog, but he's just like sitting there and he's not the guy That's anymore. great. That's it's, great. He's so good in those.
2: He's ashamed they, of himself.
3: Oh yeah. It's just
2: and then whenever Coburn kind of slaps him down cuz he knows the guy's not going to get to him until this fight happens so he can kind of say anything he wants while he's being kidnapped and just the merciless things he says to him about just being a complete loser are are really wonderful. You can see him seething and and like at that point you're kind of wondering here here's a potential here's something I actually didn't love about the movie. I'm mean, completely on a little nitpicky I think the guy they picked to come from Chicago didn't work for me as much as they could have had somebody. Like, after Tessier, this guy didn't really have... Um, he seemed a little bit polished to me To for the time. He looked a little bit like, you know, uh, Nautilus guy. Hmm. Um, I didn't really get a read off of him as a performer or as a threat. There was nothing specifically... Um, charged about him as a bad guy that made me go, oh, no, which I feel like in this in this simple kind of landscape would have would have helped a little. But um, that's my only pick nitpicky thing.
0: Yeah, I would have liked it to have been the guy, the guy who's sitting on the airplane behind Anne Hathaway and Steve Carell on, in Get Smart as the. <laughs> The terrorist. Do you remember that guy? He's like 18 I, feet tall with a face like an Easter <laughs> Island.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it could, you know, you could make the argument that ending with Tessier is, you know, because he wouldn't have seen him throughout the movie, that's the problem. But somebody yeah. like or, or like the equivalent of like um, you know, Robert Trujillo, where you're just like, oh, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Right. Or that he had some skill that we see him use. Oh. Oh before the fight so that we have some kind of like anticipation for, Oh, don't do that move on Bronson or something. But, but then again, maybe those would have been cliches. I don't know. You know, I
3: I like the fact that he just came across as like a paid assassin. I mean, it's just that it's like, this was his, everybody else had personal stakes in it. This guy, this was his business.
2: And I I like, yeah. Yeah. Really put the Jesse James to me. I love the idea. I just feel that maybe in casting they could have gone for somebody more like, you know, the the guy who drives the car and bullet, who was in a lot of these movies, you know, and played a tough guy, who who seemed less like this guy seemed more like a dancer almost than a than a killer. Yeah. I mean he just yeah. moved very sophisticated. He has a sophistication about him, which I thought was smart, but but I don't know. I, I was just hoping for something a little meaner. But you got you do have a point point, Mark. It wasn't personal. He obviously just was there to, as an executive, you know. But he
3: didn't have the any post, Tessier moments, like the,
2: post, the postman
0: from Three Days in the Condor. Three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes.
2: yeah.
3: Yeah, that'd be better, but um, he, he didn't have like when Tessier first gets hit by Bronson and he gets that and he smiles bigger and like, <laughs> "You're you're you're pretty good," yeah. like that, and you're like, he knows he's screwed. Which
2: yeah which they kind of steal in Raiders of the Lost Ark in the first one uh and Tessier kind of looks a little bit like the big He's producer dead. in front of the in front of the plane you know
0: right right um who uh what's the dub- what's the double feature for this movie do you think um
2: i'm,
3: I'm going
2: to go ahead
0: no you go
3: ahead
2: i'm just going to say ironweed
3: i'm
1: the smoothie over
3: there i'm gonna go the one i mentioned that i saw very soon after this rollerball okay it's it's the same kind in a weird way it's the same character it,
2: it, you know, you're right i think this is a much much finer film than rollerball oh, yeah. but i would it would be a great double bill it, it would be
0: i'm going with high plains drifter
2: okay like that too I like that too.
0: Say, Barton Fink.
2: Oh, that's interesting. Ah, that is it, interesting. It's a wrestling picture, that's for sure. Um, did you cast? Uh, did you cast us, Matthew?
0: I cast you. I couldn't cast me. I couldn't figure out who I would have been in this oh, movie. I know.
2: I know, who You were. Who?
0: You'd
3: be the best Curly
0: ever. <laughs> Wait, who's Curly?
2: It's Tessier. Tessier.
0: Oh no, I put you as Tessier. With the ta- your tattoos and everything. I thought
2: I'm
3: were... um, <laughs> uh, Ah, there we go. Look at that. Nice graphic work. Thank no, you.
2: We can do better than this. I believe oh, that um I believe that you, Matthew, are Cesar, who is the skinny fight promoter in the first at the first fight.
0: <laughs> oh God, the toothless guy. Because you'd
2: be really funny in that part. And I think you would like after you know, after all the '40s kind of style stuff that you did on Broadway, you could totally nail that guy, like that '30s fight promoter in the alleyway. So that's you, Cesar, and I think I'm, uh, I think I'm Bruce Glover in this movie.
3: And my life goal is to turn into Strother Martin with the opium addiction. If I, like, 20 years from now, if I'm that character, life and is good.
2: Stay with Batch 22. Keep, keep on it.
0: Third keep refill up.
3: costs a nickel.
0: You keep running the boost business with me, you'll 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 be oh, get in, there? out soon. Yeah, yeah. I do Ooh. want to
3: get one of these suits. Those suits are nice.
2: They're they're beautiful. I just want I want Bronson's whole outfit. That whole like, you know, rally yard guy thing was really working. Um, Did you do a recast. Uh, I did. You have a favorite scene, or did you are, or shot, or did you already just I did the, lose the, the
0: um the mirror shot and the right. uh, the mirror shot and the fan shot.
2: Um, I did recast it. Did you all recast it?
0: I did. Mark doesn't. He's not on. He doesn't the, go like he's that. Not on the show. I don't There's no it. other cast. He didn't know he was I want to hear on how the you show, I want to hear right. how you Recast it. Yeah.
2: Uh, okay. Who did you have for Bronson?
0: ryan gosling
2: oh okay does have
1: a way of coming around
2: oh yeah i think it's i'm seeing the movie that you're making in already i want to see it
1: okay
2: um, i go. i go josh, josh, Hardy. huh
3: i go tom hardy little on the nose of the warrior but i'd go hardy
2: i'm going josh brolin
0: oh yeah yeah okay oh, yeah like, yeah i like that i
3: Absolutely. used to have the best street fighter in this city now i don't
2: uh, how about Coburn?
0: John Ham. Tony doesn't approve,
2: but. It's I'm keeping different. my mouth shut. I don't want to get in any trouble.
0: <laughs> okay, there we go.
2: <coughs> For my money, John, he's already had his chance to entertain me, and I appreciate the effort.
1: <laughs> oh. Wow.
2: I'm going Brian Cranston.
0: Oh, oh I like that. Yours is much better than mine. I do. He, have he, yours, his is much
3: better. Than, yeah. Yeah. That's excellent.
0: Much that's... better than mine. Okay. And, uh, Strother Martin.
2: Who's your Strother Martin? John
0: C.
3: Riley. Oh, good. Oh, that was, that's strong. That's good. <laughs> that's good.
2: Uh, John Goodman for me.
0: Okay. Yep. Cause Absolutely. new Orleans,
2: also new Orleans guy. Like he's, from there and um would love to see him play a watery-eyed opioid addicted crazy person. Yeah,
0: he'd be wonderful.
2: Um okay, how about uh how about Baldi? How about Tessier?
0: Oh, I didn't do that. I didn't get that far. Who did you have?
2: I, I, th- I think it'd have to be Dave Bautista. Like
0: oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, of course. Just the yeah, biggest,
2: I- scariest, I- good, best actor that there. Oh,
0: <laughs> oh, 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 oh.
3: That was way better than mine because I was going to say Matthew Arc and bulks up and gets ready for it, but <laughs> hey, you're right with the
2: Batista one. But do I ever want to see your version though? Now, um, okay. How about the uh, how about the how about Diamond like the 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 uh, mob boss the the oyster king?
0: The oyster. Did you, I didn't go. You know, I didn't go that. Day. I just did the three main guys. I was oh, okay.
2: Uh,
3: you know. You know. Since since it's these days of like you know. If you wanna go outside the box, I would go Denzel.
2: You know, uh, that's a great idea. That's a really great idea. And in fact, you know, you could make a case for Denzel actually playing this, playing the, you know, if like in a Tony Scott version of Hard Times, Denzel would play Bronson. Oh, and that that would have been that'd be
3: cool. A good, that'd be a good movie too, yeah. Oh, he sure was something.
2: Reunite him with Don Cheadle again, and have Cheadle be Coburn or something. Oh. That would be cool.
0: Oh, that would be so good. That Cheadle would be, be a so great Coburn. Coburn. Oh my yeah. god,
2: that again. Yeah. Um, I went for the mob boss. I cast Damian Lewis as uh yeah. the Oyster King. and i'm assuming you didn't you didn't care about the ladies any more than this movie did so you didn't cast recast jill island right
0: no the ladies in this movie were
2: they didn't do anything with it you know it's 5 a.m that's why you should have thought about it (laughs) uh marion marion cotillard come on
0: yes i'll go with that two thumbs up
3: should should we pitch it now can we get this movie started
2: let's go let's do it this is live so i'm sure there's somebody watching who will contact us right after this is you know after we you know stop a batch
0: saying (sighs) goodbye wow the handshake and saying goodbye
2: um i was delighted this this was a perfect christmas movie for me um
0: this this was a Christmas present
3: to me because I've wanted you to watch this one and see it for a while. So thank you for like taking the suggestion and checking it out. Thanks for next best thing to playing and winning. Playing play and, and losing.
2: I'll be seeing more of this movie for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, this actually was your Christmas present, Mark. So oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah. No. laughs> handshake again. All right. Uh, so we have no idea what we're doing. I don't know if we're going to I don't think we're going to get a show in uh, next week because my daughter is going to be here. I'm going to spend all my time with her. So we may have to take a hiatus till into the new year.
2: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think we're talking maybe like the second week of January starts to become a target for me anyway. Yeah, because
0: that's, you're making uh, a movie.
2: Yes, yeah, so I go out of town for a few days going to do some shooting and then I'll be back.
0: So we reconvene in 2023. and Hey, listen, I think know,
1: I can
2: do about six more of those.
0: We don't know what we'll be watching. I'm going to go get some oysters. Okay, right. me too. Thanks, have Mark. A good, have a good day, everybody. And a merry, happy holidays and stay safe out there. Happy
3: holidays, everybody.
1: Bye-bye. Talking about cocktails that are stylish. Movies great or phony. And how Tony should win and Matthew. And Matthew should win and t- talking about film in the meantime the Arkin brothers talk about movies